me to Deuteronomy this evening, chapter 4. I want to thank you all for coming out this evening and all those that are listening online and uh, appreciate you all being here. Deuteronomy chapter 4, I'm going to read in verse number 1 <clears throat> this evening. Uh, I've got several several verses we're going to read there this evening, but uh, I want to read a, verse, a couple of verses in Joel while you're turning there to Deuteronomy chapter 4. In Joel chapter 1, verses number 2 and 3, the Bible says, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye habitations of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. And if you're there in Deuteronomy chapter 4 with me this evening, we'll be, begin reading in verse number 1. <clears throat> the Bible says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, to the statues, and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live, and go and possess the land which the Lord God your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add to the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I have commanded you. And that's been going on a lot in these days. A lot of taking from and adding to, and that's not what I'm preaching about tonight, but uh, that, it, it's everywhere. Everybody's looking to, to make their own word, make their own gospel, make their own interpretation of, the, of God's word, and it's, it's a sickening thing. Verse number 3, Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Belpeor for the men that followed Belpeor. The Lord, <clears throat> for the Lord God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you the statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that ye should do so in the land whether ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statues and say, Surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath, called, who hath God so nigh unto them as, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statues and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Watch verse number 9. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from, all, from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. And ye came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire under the midst of heaven, which darkness clouds and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire, and you heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he com commanded you to perform, even ten commandments. And he wrote them on two tables of stone. 
And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you these statues and judgments that you might do them in the land, whether you go over to possess it. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude in the day which the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make any graven image in the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. If you jump on over to verse number 23, we'll pick up again. Take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and maketh you a graven image, or any of the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath for, forbidden thee. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God, when thou shalt beget children and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, and make a graven image or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. Let's pray this evening. Lord, I just want to ask God that you'll come and be with us tonight in this service, Lord. We need your presence, God. Lord, I ask your blessing on this message, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'll give me the words that you have for me to say this evening, Lord. I pray that you'll help me to preach clearly and quickly. Lord, I pray that you'll get all the glory from anything that's said or done here tonight, Lord. God, that I wouldn't say anything contrary to your word or anything that would bring a reproach to your name, God. God, I just want to remember that I can do nothing, and I need your help. Without you, I am nothing. I pray, Lord, that your Spirit will be with us this evening as we preach and with our congregation and all those that hear this word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> now, the title of my message this evening is, Lest Thou Forget, or Tell It Like It Is. Lest Thou Forget, or Tell It Like It Is. In America today, in an effort to fundamentally transform our country, history is being rewritten, being erased, every turn. The truth is not being taught or passed on from generation to generation. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you're still there with me, flip over a couple of pages. Verse number 6 the Bible says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou <clears throat> sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And they shall bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on thy gates. In verse number 12, it says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I think in America today, and all across this world, we've forgotten the Lord. The history of our land, the truth about the founding of our nation and our country, our godly heritage, the biblical truths that were engraved in our Constitution have become an abomination to our land, to our country. People 
want to change things. They want to spit on it. They want to desecrate it. Mostly because of the godly heritage. And the truth from our word of God, the truth that the founders put in our constitution, all our documents and our laws and our lands, that they got out of God's word. God's hand was on it. And that's why they hate it so bad. The fear of God and the very recognition of God and the need for Him are being removed from our laws, from our education systems, from our culture. We're not seeing today an attack on freedom and security of our nation, but a direct blatant attack against God and Christianity. Fake news and unsocial medias are so untrustworthy full of lies from hell that you can't believe them if they say good morning. Makes you want to go outside and look and see if the sun's even up. When the weatherman comes closest to telling the truth on the TV, our nation's getting to be in a bad shape. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. And in Job chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, Why, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know Him not see His days? Some remove the landmarks and they violently take away flocks and feed themselves. In verse number 13, They are of those that are rebel against the light. They know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the paths thereof. As I said, we're not seeing an attack directly on America from within, but more of an attack against God. An attack against what, as Christians, we believe we've we've learned out of the Bible that God's put into our hearts truth that has been passed down from generation to generation is being attacked, it's being destroyed because of the hateful, God-hating people in our land. Statues and memorials torn down and removed because they're offensive to someone. Truth and right are offensive because it shows guilt. Our history being erased has to be remembered. It's not all pretty. It's not all good. But it's not being passed on correctly. We're being trained today and conditioned to not say or do anything that might go against others' feelings or beliefs. You got to be really careful about what you say, and you might offend somebody. God's word is offensive to unbelievers. After all, everyone is entitled to their own opinions. What makes my opinion or your opinion right? God's word. That's why we as Christians, church, we need to be careful that we're not just stating our opinions. We're not just saying, well, I believe this or or this is the way I read it, or this is what I've been taught. You need to be basing your opinions, basing them on fact of God's Word. That's where the power is. That's why these other versions of the Bible, I've, I've sat and I've heard people preach or talk out of other versions of the Bible, and it's just like, they're just sitting up there reading it out of a Sears and Roebuck catalog or something. There's, there's no power there. Because they're not using God's Word. You've got to have God's Word or there's no power. 
any answer that we give anybody for any question or any, any debate has to be based on God's truth. It's not my opinion. It's not my thoughts, but God's thoughts. You know, they tell us to not judge. They tell us to not offend others. They say the Bible even says, judge not lest you be judged. Well, it's not my judgment. It's not my decision on whether somebody's doing right or wrong. It's not up to me. It's up to the Almighty. He's the one that has the holy last word. His holiness is above everything. Why are these things important to us today, to God's people? This history, these statues and monuments and the importance of what's going on in our land today, the degeneration of America. How is that important to us as God's people? Some people say, should the church even be involved in this? It's amazing to me how many people think that preachers should not mention anything political from the pulpit. It's amazing to me that when we go to the workplace, they say, should you even mention the word God or even talk about church? I've had preachers that work out in the workforce say, I probably shouldn't be saying this because it has something to do with church. I probably shouldn't even say this here at work. I said, what in the world's the matter with you? Amen. Son, you need to say this everywhere you're at. Amen. You need to be bold. You need to stand up. God has commanded us to be light. He's commanded us to be salt in the community. Without God's people out in the community and using God's Word and the truth of God's Word, we've got nothing but darkness. That's why it's important to us today. What is the significance of these monuments or statues or so forth, the history that's told in our country and our land? Why is this important to us as Christian people? Because of our godly heritage. Because of the God-based principles that were placed in those documents. That's why it's important to us. Winston Churchill said once in a speech to the House of Commons, those that fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. My dad put it this way. When I was a kid, I can remember pretty plain. If I would get hurt or if I'd done something a little bit stupid, dad said, did it smart. I can remember smashing my finger with a hammer and he said, did that smart? I said, no, dad, it hurt. It didn't smart, it hurt. And dad says to me, are you going to do it again? I said, no, sir, I'm not going to do it again. It hurt. He said, it made you smart. That's what happens. It makes you smart. So that's a hillbilly way of saying it. You don't repeat the history. You learn from it. That's what our history is there for. Make you smart. In Romans chapter 15 and verse number 4, the Bible says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. In Exodus chapter 13 and verse 8, Talking about the feast of unleavened bread, God told the people, He says, And thou shalt sow thy son in the day, saying that this is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hands and for a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. 
These things are supposed to be passed on. These things are supposed to be signs, memorials. These, this history that we're looking at in our country, in our land, there's a purpose for them things to be there. It's not just because, hey, that's a great statue and somebody did a great work of art. No, no. These things were there for our learning. That's why we have God's Word here today. For our learning. That's why God put things in the Bible about Moses. He put things in there about Noah. These great men in the Bible, were they supposed to be enshrined? No. These weren't perfect men. They were just made of flesh, just like us. They were no better than anybody sitting here today, but they trusted God. God used them. And God took their, their, the things that happened in their life, good and bad, and put them in the Word for our learning. I mean, they, they could have left out a lot of stuff about King David, and we'd have thought he was a great feller. There was just that one little piece. But God still called him a man after his own heart. It was there for our learning. God established memorials for nations and for people and for events, not to enshrine the day or the person, but as a remembrance, lest we forget. In Exodus chapter 17, Israel had fought a battle against Amalek. You remember the story as when Moses was up on the hill, they were, the battle was in array, and, and Moses, he raised his hands up to heaven, and whenever he had his hand up, then Israel prevailed in, again in battle, and when he'd let his hands down because they'd get tired and weary, then the, the people of Amalek would prevail. And Aaron and Hur, they come and they held, him, held his arms up, and Israel won the battle. God told Moses... He told Moses to uh, rehearse these things to Joshua. He told him to write it down for a memorial. And they also set up an altar. They set up a monument there, basically. They said, this is what God has done for us. This is what God done for our country. This is what God's done for our people. God has showed Himself strong today. And they set up a sign. They, they rehearsed it to one another. God told them to rehearse these things to their children. To pass it on so they would know about it for future generations. In Exodus chapter 28, the stones of the ephod on the high priest was to be war for memorial. Leviticus talks about memorial offerings. In Joshua chapter 4 and verse number 6, God told Joshua to take 12 stones from the Jordan where they crossed over the water. So they could cross, when they crossed over, they were to set up a memorial. In, in verse number 6, he says, That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. They were to set up a memorial there. Why? The people that seen it knew about it. It was for future generations. It was for your children and your children's children. So they can have something there to say, what's this about? What does this mean? And you have an opportunity to say, this is what God did for us today. God showed Himself mighty. 
in our nation, in our land. Our country's memorials and history is not to be messed with. Just as our Constitution, the supreme law of the land, was not meant to be what's being called today a living document to be changed with the wind. Nor were our rights called out in the Declaration of Independence that our current resident of the White House couldn't remember. He said, you know the thing. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Not men and women, it says all men. We can't, don't have to be inclusive. We can say all men, that's everybody, okay? Men, women, children, that's it. Mm. <clears throat> that they're endowed by their creator. That's where it got really fuddled. They couldn't say that part. They were endowed by, our creator, by their, their creator. We're certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what I say. It's not just an attack on our land. It's not just an attack on these documents, our history. It's an attack on God. It's an attack on Christianity. I said we have to be inclusive. We have to be this. We've got to be that. God's Word is perfect. It's always said right. More important than the history of our country, the laws of our land... I want to preach this evening about a couple, two or three things here. Some things that we shouldn't forget and that we need to tell it like it is. If you're still there in Deuteronomy, if you want to flip over to chapter 11, verse number 16, the Bible says, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And that the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven. And that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, unless ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth thee. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that it may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children... Speaking them, when thou settest thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children in the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers to give them as the day of heaven upon earth. Verse number 26, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. You know, we read earlier, the Bible says that after we've been long in the day, long, long in, in days in the land, long in the land, and that after you've had children and children's children, lest we forget. That's why these memorials were set up. The people that have lived through it, the people that seen God work mightily in their own lives, normally continue to trust God. I pray for my children that God will show Himself mighty to them personally. I pray that God will show Himself real to them. I don't want my children or my grandchildren 
following God because grandpa did or because dad did. I want them to understand that, that, that God is their God. I want God, I want Jesus Christ to be their Savior, not mine. They need to have it. They need to get that grace for themselves. They need to have God's power in their lives. But without me teaching my children and saying, you know what, son, God worked on us this day in everything that we do. Whenever we have problems in our lives or we have struggles and we pray and we ask God and and God answers prayer, we need to share that with our family, with our friends. We need to say, look what God done. God showed Himself strong to give them hope. The Bible says these things give us hope. These things were written for our learning that we might have hope. If they're never taught, they never hear anything like that from me, then where are they going to learn of God? One of the things that we need to not forget is the laws of God. We just read in three separate passages there in Deuteronomy where Moses told the people to remember these, to teach these things to your children and your children's children. He says you need to put them, you need to talk about it all the time when you're sitting down, when you're standing up, when you're walking. You need to have this on your doorpost. You need to have this on your gate every time you go in and out your driveway. Whenever you turn the corner in your house and go in the kitchen, you need to have a Bible verse up there. Whenever you come into the bedroom, there needs to be a Bible verse in there. Whenever you sit down to dinner, you need to, you need to pray with your children. Whenever you have devotions of your, of your own, you need to tell your wife and your children and your grandchildren. You know, I was reading in the Bible the other day, and this is what God showed me. You don't have to sit down and, and have a, a four points and a poem out there for every time you get ready to have supper. You just need to be able to share what God's doing in your life. You need to be able to tell your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren, I've been praying for you, or I've been praying that God will work in this way in my life. Would you pray with me also? And whenever they see God perform these things, then, then they can understand that God's, that God's promises are real. We need to be talking about God's laws. We need to understand our children and our society, our world today needs to understand the trueness of God's laws. They need to understand what the laws of our country didn't just come from people that just had these, these thoughts, oh, that was, was make a great America if we, if we did this, or if we made this a law. You know what, Who, whose idea was it to say, you know what, probably people shouldn't kill one another? Where did that come from? It came from the Bible. Where do these things come from? These laws that we, that we live by in our land, that we're in our constitution, that's ingrained all through these documents that come from God's Word. From God's laws. It's supreme over the laws of our country. These are the laws that we need to be talking about to our children. We need to be showing them what's truth. We need to be showing them what's right. They're not going to get it from on social media. They're not going to get it from the news. They're not going to get it from the cartoons. We need to be showing our children, our family, our friends, our co-workers. We need to be showing them truth from God's word. from preaching and from teaching the Scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22, the Bible says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. 
Now, when we think about an inheritance, a lot of times we think about money because that's where our mind goes pretty quick. Or things or items or whatever it may be. You know what an inheritance is? That's something that's passed on from generation to generation. It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be items or things or tangibles. It can be the truth of God's Word. Amen. You know what? If, you're, if your forefathers passed on a good name to you, you're blessed. I'm blessed. My family has. <clears throat> In Psalms chapter 16, verses 6 and 11, the Bible says, The lines are falling to me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a holy, a goodly heritage. Verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in, present, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. God has blessed me to be raised in a Christian home. God has blessed me to be able to have Christian parents and grandparents and great-grandparents that I was able to meet, privileged to meet all those. And the things that they passed on to me, I get to thinking about things that were passed on from my grandparents or from my parents, my mom and dad. I get to thinking about things that when I was preparing this message, things that I remember my great-granddad LT saying, He might not have quoted the scripture, but there was a lot of it in there. There was a lot of truth there from God's word. I get to thinking about hearing my granddad Walker, Grandpa Bentley, privileged to be able to see him stand up behind the pulpit and preach the gospel. And as a young man sitting down and reading the Bible with him. I get to thinking about my Grandpa Leon. All the truth that he passed on to me from God's Word. Not to mention, I wouldn't be able to drive a nail today if it wasn't for him. A goodly heritage. And these things that we can pass on to our children and our children's children. Memories. I can keep and pass on to my children and grandchildren. Not that they were without sin, but they did pass on the truth of God's Word. Why are God's statues important? People say we're not under the law anymore. God's laws are not controlling over us. We're under grace, and I understand that. Let me read you a couple of verses here about why we should be passing on God's laws. Leviticus chapter 10, verse number 10 and 11. It just doesn't get any plainer than this. And that you may put a difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. And that you may teach them, teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. What are God's laws? We heard this morning God's laws are a schoolmaster. They show us the difference between right and wrong. They show us what's clean and what's unclean. 
without God's laws, without me passing these laws on to my children, without them understanding, without me talking about these things, where are my children going to know the difference between what's right and what's wrong? Today, it's not, it's not proper to discipline your children or to teach them what's right and wrong. They need to find their own way. Or who am I to say what's right? In their eyes, maybe it is right. That's why I'm telling you, we need to be basing this on God's Word. Amen. Everything we do. God's laws, lest thou forget. We need to tell it like it is. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't change it. And when people talk about the independent fundamental Bible believing churches like they're a cult. You know what? It's not a set of rules that we live by. God's Bible is not a set of rules that you have to live by. It's not that I have to do this or I have to do that. It's all about grace. Brother Reggie talked about that this morning in Sunday school. It's all about God's grace. Lest thou forget, tell it like it is. The next thing we need to remember is God's salvation. In Acts chapter 9, Saul was on the road to Damascus when he met God. And he spent the rest of his ministry telling everybody what happened to him on the road to Damascus. He talked about his salvation experience. He told his testimony. If you, read, if you read his ministry, that's pretty much all he did, Pastor. He went through and he just said, this is what happened to me. This is what God did for me. This is what I was. This is the kind of person I'd become. This was what I was as a man. I persecuted the church. I, I held people's coats when they were, when they were killed or stoned. I, I was the one that hunted down the Christians. This is what I was and this is where God's brought me. He done it like this. That was his whole ministry. We need to remember our salvation. We need to share that. Have your children ever heard about the time you got saved? They're thinking about that. You know, I think might have, but I got to thinking. As my children, have I ever just sat down and in the course of conversation, or maybe not just sat down? Look, hey, we're going to have a Bible study. I'm going to tell you about my salvation experience. But just the Bible says when we're walking, when we're sitting down, when we're out cutting firewood. So you know what, son? This is what God done for me. You know what, son? I was saved when I was about your age. I realized I was a sinner and I needed a Savior and God saved me. Have your children ever heard about when you got saved? What about your grandchildren? Have you ever told your grandchildren about when you got saved? Have you ever told them what God's done for you? How God convicted you of sin? Why you needed a Savior? You know, most people think I'm nearly a saint. I know it's hard to believe. No, they don't. I'm lying. People have fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's like whenever I say, you, you're saved? <laughs> really? Okay. 
But have you ever shared your testimony with anybody? If God made a change in your life, people need to know about it. You don't have to be a preacher to tell others what Christ has done for you. That's where it's at. That's each and every one of our responsibilities as Christians is to tell others what God's done for you. And it's simple. You don't have to have eight or nine pages in a notebook to do that. You don't have to study for two days out of Scripture. You just say, this is what God done. I'm not saying that you need to dump out your trash. But people need to know where you came from. People need to know why you needed a Savior. You know, some people, they say, hey, I was a dirty, rotten sinner. I was lost. I was on my way to hell. And you're like, really? I don't think you've ever done anything near as bad as what I had done. I thought you were born a Christian. You know? I'm not saying drag your trash out. But to remember, lest you forget where God has brought you from. And share that with others. We also need to remember about those that may still be, God still be working on them. Sometimes it's pretty hard to remember what God brought you out of. When we see other people that are struggling with issues or God hasn't showed them yet that that's wrong or that they need to change these things in their life. Sometimes it's hard to remember that, yeah, I was in that same place. The Bible says such were some of you. Yeah. Some of us still are. Speaking for myself. We need to remember where God brought us. Remember that the grace that God showed upon us, lest we all forget Just tell it like it is. The next thing that we need to remember is about answered prayer. And I've talked about this just a little bit already, but has God ever answered prayer in your life? Has God ever shown Himself mighty on your behalf? We need to share that with our children, with our children's children. Let them share it with their children. We need to be sharing these things with others. No matter how big or how small, give God the glory. You know, I think a lot of times, I I know I'm pretty guilty of this, that I have a need or, or, or a burden in my life and I, and I may not even share it with my wife or my family or anybody. I just something that I'm thinking about or somebody asked me to pray about something or pray for this person or whatever it may be. And, and every time God brings it into my mind, I'll try to do that. And I know myself personally, a lot of times I think, you know what? I prayed for this person and, and, and maybe they got better soon or, or whatever it might be. And, and, and I, in the back of your mind, Satan says to you, you know what? They probably would have got better whether you prayed for them or not. You know, people do get better. <laughs> but we need to share these things, no matter how big or how small it is. 
We need to share this with people. Hey, you know what? I prayed for that person and they got better. Or I prayed for that person and they didn't get better. But you know what? God's still working in their life. God's still working in my life. Oh, sometimes some people have are a lot better about praying than I am. Some people want to pray all the time. I, I think I've probably told this story before, but I remember one time we went to we went to Camp Joy. We was going to cut some cut a tree down. There was a tree that was dead, big old tree, and it was right there by the girls' cabins, and and it needed to come out. And Van said we need to get this tree out, and I asked Dad to come down and help me. It kind of leaned just a little bit, and and I was going to have Dad help me. We're going to take this tree out and. We took a cable down there and we, we you know, we did all, we're going to make sure we get the tree falling in the right spot. Dad said, I think we can just cut it, but we'll put the cable up just to make sure it'll be fine. We get everything set and, and uh, Don, I think maybe you had your tractor there, I think, hooked onto it. And, and we're getting ready to go. Dad's got the chainsaw fired up and Van says, whoa, we're going to pray about this. I said, we're getting ready to cut a tree, Van. <laughs> <laughs> Chainsaw's running. He's like, no, shut down. We're going to pray about this tree going to the ground. And I can remember that. And you know what? The tree went where it was supposed to. But in the back of my mind, devil says, you know what? Y'all had this. You're going to put the tree down. Dad has put lots of trees on the ground. I brought him just because I thought I might mess up. But if Dad's there, it's going to be all right. But in the back of my mind, the devil says, what you know, what kind of a big deal you're putting the tree down? But I've remembered that. Yeah. I've remembered that. The man said, you know what, let's pray about this. And whenever the tree hit the ground exactly where we wanted it to be, he said, praise the Lord. Amen. Why do I tell you that? Because it's a testimony to God. Yeah. And to me at that time, it wasn't a big deal. I thought we put lots of trees on the ground. But God is good. God answers prayer in the little things. You know, there could have been anything happened there. But we ask God to help us. God is good. You know, God has provided Himself strong many times in my life. We need to share that with others. Lest we forget, we need to tell it like it is. I think about another thing about Camp Joy. How God has provided and still provides a table in the wilderness there. It's amazing what God has done there. I can think about one thing in particular. A story that I, was, that I heard about when camp was being built. Brother Ed's that Oscar was, had went to, he was needing to go pick up some windows, if I remember the story right, for the chapel. And the windows were in, and they need the windows. They're time for them. we got to get them. And he gets in his truck, and he's going, I believe, to Springfield or Mansfield or somewhere. He was going to go pick up the windows. He didn't have no money. He just had a few bucks in his pocket, and he needed to put fuel in his truck. But he's going to get windows with no money in his pocket. And he stopped to get fuel, and if I remember, I don't remember what the amount was, Brother Reggie, but the, the, when he stopped to get the fuel, they, a man came and gave him a check and said, the Lord said, I need to give you this for Camp Joy. He folded it and put it in his pocket. And when he got to pick up the windows, it was for nearly exactly the amount 
of the cost of the windows. We think those kind of things don't happen. We, we, you know, we talked, we heard this morning, pastor told this morning about things that we've been praying for at our church for the, for the, the, the camp meeting and how God has shown himself mighty and funds have came in for that thing without asking. We need to ask God for these things. But when God shows himself mighty, when God answers prayers, we need to share that. We need to set up a memorial. We need to say, not to enshrine the event or the person or the thing that happens, but to give God the glory. And that people can say, you know what? There is a God in heaven that answers prayers. There is a God in heaven that works to work Himself strong on my behalf and show Himself mighty in my life. My wife's favorite verse is Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that, are, that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. I've seen the time when I've questioned how could anything good come from this? How could anything good come from this? And I know God's Word is true. I know His promises are true. But how in the world, God, could anything good come out of this? And God has showed Himself mighty. You know, sometimes we may not always see it on this side of eternity. But sometimes God in His goodness, He says, here's what my promises were. I know you were struggling with that a little bit. Here's some good that's come out of that. I can use anything for good. And God shows Himself powerful in that way. God has showed Himself strong in my life many times. Our text verse that we read in Joel chapter 1 says, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Has this been, hath this been in, di- in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell it your children, tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. Has God done anything in your life? Lest thou forget, tell it like it is. If God's, been, if God's worked in your life, if God has saved you, if God has answered prayers, if you've got any truth out of God's Word, tell it like it is lest you forget. We read in in Deuteronomy that it said just after a couple generations, once we've been long in the land, get a little bit too used to it. I pray that we don't get too used to God's blessings. I pray that we don't begin to take God's blessings for granted. I fear that in our country, a lot of us have. Begin to take God's blessings for granted. I know at times whenever I would hear people talking about shelves and stores in other countries just having a few things on them. How in the world could that ever be the case in America? 
It's the most plentiful land in the world. We farm, we feed people. That's what we do here. We have industry. We have business. We make steel. We make cars. We make everything. And we send it all over the world. God has blessed America beyond belief. And I think there's been a time that we've got way too used to it. And we haven't shown the blessings and why these blessings have came to our children. The history has been erased. The monuments have been torn down. And God's hand of blessing is beginning to move away from our country. As the godlessness becomes more rampant every direction you turn, I can't help but wonder, is it because of this godless generation? Or is this because we as Christians have forgot? We've been long in the land. We haven't passed it on to our children and our children's children from generation to generation. God's goodness and what God's power, God's laws, God's truth. Lord help us. If you stand with me this evening, we'll pray.